Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, if you've ever seen a like a newsreel scene from an old movie or maybe like a World War II uh, newsreel, you might have wondered where people actually went to watch these newsreels. You always see these these like scenes in movies, Bobby, of, of folks like at the movie theater watching a newsreel. And it seems like such a relic of the past. Well, it turns out there were these dedicated movie theaters. In fact, in Milwaukee, there was a, a theater that was part of a national chain called Telenews that specialized in these newsreels. In fact, uh, there was a, a theater on 3rd and Wisconsin Bobby built in 1947 that was the only dedicated Milwaukee news theater. Yeah, so, you know, these uh, newsreels, they would show them at you know, all movie theaters would show them as part of like these uh, matinee programs. They'd show like a cartoon and then a newsreel and then a feature film and stuff. But um, in this sort of pre-TV era, um, the Hearst Corporation, made famous by, uh, you know, William Randolph Hearst was sort of the subject of Citizen Kane. Um, they also owned tons of newspapers. They owned the Milwaukee Sentinel uh, in Milwaukee at this time. They started a chain of theaters called the Telenews Theaters, which were supposed to be entirely news. They were sort of the CNN <laughs> of movie theaters of their day. And they would show, you know, short newsreel films. They would show sporting event films. They would show documentaries, um, that kind of stuff, you know, boxing matches, all kinds of things. Okay. Um, and they were all over the country. The problem was they were kind of late to the game because most of them were built after World War II. And really the, you know, TV was really starting to take off. In uh, 1947, there were just 16,000 TVs in the United States, so not that many. But by 1949, when the Telenews uh, is ready to open, there's 4 million TV sets. And by 1950, the following year, there were 11 million TV sets. So wow. you can see... Yeah, talk about an explosion. Right, where things are going. So in 1950, there were 80 cinemas in the city of Milwaukee. Um, but only three of them had been built since the war. Uh, and, you know, not unique to Milwaukee. This was, the, this was the downward slope of movie theater building in the United States, um, you know, until chains started to build those sort of shoebox suburban theaters out at malls and things like that. But so really, Telenews was kind of late to the game. It sounds like, a, like it appealed to a certain kind of demographic, too, because they had the, the, the newsreels, of course, in the theater space. But then in the basement of the same building on 3rd and Wisconsin, there was this like live radio studio where, where the public could come and watch a live radio broadcast. Yeah, WFOX had its radio theater lounge in the basement, uh, and, the, and they would broadcast live from there. So you could watch, um, watch live broadcasts of the radio uh, from down there. And they had decorated the lower level of the place to look like a Parisian street scene. <laughs> so they did oh, make cool. some effort, you know. Upstairs, it was a fairly Spartan-looking theater. It was sort of an Art Deco place, so it was attractive, but it was very simple. It wasn't like an, it wasn't a theater like the Oriental with, you know, or the Riverside with just all these uh, ornate details and things. It was it was very sort of streamlined-looking place, but, it you know, they did pay attention to some of that stuff by doing that Parisian street scene. Yeah, I suppose that makes a bit more sense if it's going to be, you know, about news and information. It's not about like transporting your mind to another like fictional place. It's not this kind of escapism. It's about about the world, and I and I, I wonder if that is reflected in the architecture, kind of on purpose. Yeah, and I, you know, and I feel like maybe it is still was still sort of a certain kind of escapism, though, right? I mean, they weren't 
sort of going to a fictional land. But, you know, at a time when maybe people weren't traveling very much, it did it did sure. allow you to kind of escape your daily life by going and seeing documentaries about other parts of the world and sporting events in other parts of the world. Um, but, you know, it didn't, again, it didn't last very long because, you know, people just could get this stuff now at, at home on TV. So um, about a year after it opened, it switched to showing sort of a mix of this stuff and then feature films. And then ultimately it became just a, a feature film theater like all the others and it's interesting too because it's on a a, the block that it was on on third in wisconsin had like five or six movie theaters oh wow yeah you think about there being that many movie theaters just in the city of milwaukee proper i mean 80 of them that's that's crazy so in 1947 it's built it's showing these these newsreels for a year by the following year tv is really taken over and there's not as much of a need for a theater that's dedicated to these newsreels. So it's it's showing feature films by the 40s. And then you get into the 1960s, 1965, it changes names entirely to the Esquire. And I love this bit of history, Bobby, in the story. You found out that like the Rocky Horror Picture Show actually debuted in Milwaukee at this theater, had a, had a, had a long run. Yeah, the Marcus Corporation bought, uh, Marcus Theaters bought it in 1965, renamed it the Esquire. Um, and, you know, that's where a lot of people remember seeing The Graduate, which showed there for like 68 weeks exclusively. Um, movies like MASH, Love Story, um, but also movies that became cult classics like Harold and Maude showed there, Slaughterhouse-Five showed there. Um, and The Esquire is where John Waters' film Pink Flamingos debuted in Milwaukee. And it's where the Rocky Horror Picture Show um debuted in Milwaukee, and it played for about a month and a half um, midnight screenings on Saturdays before it ended up moving to the Oriental um, in a tradition that continued for decades after that. Right. So, I mean, at the Oriental, it's already, I mean, it's been running there for so long, but it's interesting that it had this little chapter at the Esquire beforehand. And, you know, a lot of these movies you mentioned went on to become these cult classics. So was this kind of a you know, midnight showings, was this part of the culture at the time in the 1960s and 70s where, you know, they showed maybe these more racy films at these at these uh, smaller movie houses? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think it, it really, um, it gave people sort of like a, a in-crowd kind of vibe, right, to, to, to know about, you know, if you were in and you knew that these screenings were going on and it was good hip films for hip people. Um, and not every theater would do that kind of thing. So it, it took a theater that had sort of a, probably a special management that saw the value in doing that kind of thing. Um, but unfortunately, the Esquire closed, as did lots of uh, theaters and businesses in downtown in 1980 and 81, uh, when a bunch of stuff was torn down. That entire square block was torn down in 1981 so that they could build the Henry Rice Federal Building, which is there now, the big blue building. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's uh, I know that building. That's kind of right by... Um, where the Grand Avenue is. It's connected to the Grand Avenue, right? Yeah. Um, And you know what's interesting about that? Um, This just occurred to me now, is that for a while there was, and maybe it's still there, there was a radio station on the first floor and you could watch them broadcasting live. Do you remember that? Okay. No. I mean, recently, like, was it like ESPN Radio or something like that was there? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was right in the building, yeah. I know a lot of folks know that building for uh, CapTel. That's where it's located now. A lot of college, you know, college students and folks that have come and gone through Capitol over the years know that big blue building. 
Um, but before that, it was this theater that had this really long run in Milwaukee with these with these future cult classic films. Uh, really interesting story. And I guess another reminder, Bobby, that you know every building has a story, even the ones that no longer exist. <laughs> the buildings that used to be in places where the current buildings ha- also have a story. Yes, and I should say that the reason I came to write the story was because Ben Dahlman of Dahlman Construction gave me a series of photographs um, that were taken during the construction of the building. So uh, as we talked about in some other stories recently, like the Mariner building, um, mm-hmm. this story, when you look at it, has a series of, I don't know, maybe eight, um, eight or ten photos showing its construction from a hole in the ground and, until it's up and running. Yeah, and... Uh- we kind of joked last time we had a, a a story like this that you could almost make a flipbook animation out of these these uh, construction photos over the years. It is a really cool um, just way to look at the city to see a building come to life way back when. You know, we're talking in the in the forties here, and to see it take shape in downtown is pretty cool. Yeah, and especially in this setting where you can see all the buildings around it, none of which survive anymore. We'll definitely find the photos and Bobby's complete story. We've got a link to that right on this page at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcasts or anywhere else that you find your podcasts. Visit on Milwaukee and check out the the uh, really cool photos from this Telenews Theater on 3rd and Wisconsin. Podcasts in 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from on Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts right here wherever you're listening to this podcast, and of course on our website, radiomilwaukee.org slash podcast. We ask if you could take just a, a quick moment and rate and review this podcast. It helps us get the word out to even more folks about the work we're doing here on Urban Spelunking. All right, Bobby, talk to you soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart.